When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are the voice of baseball for a large swath of fans who came up um, in terms of their own interest with you as the man for the game of the week, the game of the week on, on ESPN on Sunday nights. And I was thinking about that because that's a pretty short list, you know, that you are a part of that lineage. For me personally, the first team that I think of is Joe Garagiola and Tony Kubek. And then Scully and Costas doing NBC games. I guess a little bit before that is Al Michaels and doing Monday Night Baseball. Keith Jackson and the former pitcher Don Drysdale as a play-by-play guy. But um, I, I, I would hope that you feel sort of the magnitude of that because it's a pretty rare thing to be on that list. Uh, well, I appreciate that. It, it's, um, it, you know, I replaced uh, John Miller. So the magnitude of that was quite overwhelming for me at the time. You know, you mentioned some historic broadcasters and John Miller certainly belongs right in that group as well. One of the best, one of the very best who's ever done it. So, uh, you know, I started at ESPN in 1995 and kind of did West Coast Wednesday games, what we called B-nets. So if the Dodgers were playing the Giants, Um, that game would be blacked out in L.A. and San Francisco. So they might also do, say, Seattle and Oakland. And that game would only go to L.A. and San Francisco. And that's where I started, was doing B-Nets. But it was a wonderful opportunity. Um, And over the years, my opportunities grew when I went to Wednesday night baseball and then to Monday night baseball, you know, never really knowing where it would go and never really thinking about where it would go. It's just a wonderful opportunity for me. Uh, But when I got offered Sunday night baseball, you know, replacing – John Miller is one of the three or four times in my life where I went, where I broke into a cold sweat right away, even though I had been doing it for a number of years. I I had a friend call me like the week of my first Sunday night baseball game, which was 2011, and say to me, you know, this is kind of like replacing Cal Ripken, don't you? And I said, you're not really helping me right now. Like, this is not doing me any good. Um, I don't really think of myself. I appreciate what you say, Matt, but I don't really think of myself in those terms. I'm much more of a... Um, uh, what's, what's my job today? Go do my job, go back home. I, I just kind of keep it simple and I try not to get into big picture or, um, it, you know, in, in, in any kind of, uh, broad thoughts like that, but I am very honored. You know, I'm a Canadian kid without a broadcasting degree. And, and so I'm very honored, um, to have been thought of that way by ESPN and to, I did baseball at ESPN for 28 years. Uh, between TV and radio, I got a chance to do the World Series on radio a dozen times. So it's funny because I, um, as you know, I'm from Toronto. I live in Toronto. I, I'm now doing the Blue Jays again at, uh, as I'm kind of getting towards the back end of my career. And some people in Canada have no idea I ever worked for ESPN in my life, Have had never heard of me, didn't know who I was, have never seen me do a college basketball game, don't know I did ESPN Sunday Night Baseball or anything like that. And other people are intimately aware of it so it's kind of funny i i'm um there's just one of me but like depending on who you are and what sports you follow it people have a very different uh, perception or understanding of what i've done but um i I am i I do feel very honored and privileged 
to have gotten the opportunities um, that ESPN gave me um, because it was way, way, way beyond anything that I ever dreamed of when I got into this career. I had to look it up while you answered. Ryan Miner replaced Cal Ripken because my first thought was <laughs> was Doug DeSenseis who replaced Brooks Robinson and did pretty well for himself. Um, and Babe Dahlgren replaced Lou Gehrig, but I didn't know Ryan Miner. So it, you had, you've had a better run than Ryan Miner. To be fair. Well, if it's the same Ryan Miner, and I think it is, he was an outstanding basketball player at Oklahoma, and I think I did some of his basketball games there. Um, but yeah, re replacing a Cal Ripken or a John Miller uh, is not the easiest thing to do. I mean, John and Joe Morgan did it for 21 years. They were wow. Sunday night baseball. They were the first people to do Sunday night baseball. And then uh, ESPN, for whatever reason, decided they wanted to make a change. And in 2011, they hired me and I did it for seven years. It was a little bit different for me. I had six different partners or sets of partners over the seven years. And I, you know, I wish there had been a little bit more consistency uh, over that time, but um, it is what it is. You know, things change. We had like ex managers who came in and joined us and were great, but then they got another managerial opportunity. So they didn't stick Frank around. Very long. You, had Frank, you had Francona the year between Red Sox and Cleveland. I had kind of forgotten yes. that year existed. So, so you're breaking yes. somebody in. What's it like to break in maybe the most brilliant manager in the game today, but to help break him in as a broadcaster? What's that like? I broke in a lot of people. So 2011, my first year, I think was Bobby Valentine and Oral Hershiser. And then 11 was the year it ended poorly for Boston. And Tito, as everybody calls Francona, was let go or not renewed, whatever, at the end of the year. And that's when Bobby Valentine, I think, went back to Boston and Tito came to Sunday Night Baseball. So um, Terry Francona became that year and still is an extremely close friend of mine. He is one of the most unbelievable, amazing human beings you've ever met. And if you don't believe me, ask anybody else who's ever met him. He's he's great. Um it's funny because, like you said, he'd never done TV. I mean, a brilliant baseball mind, an unbelievably popular, well-connected, admired, well-liked person. But he didn't know the first thing about TV. But we just said to him, Tito, you just be you. Just just be like, don't swear on the air. But other than that, just be you. And every single week, like you could have done like a Seinfeld show on, on that year because he is so damn funny. And funny things just happen to him because of him, around him. Um, and it was great. It, it was absolutely wonderful working with him. He was, he was there just one year. We knew he'd only be there one year. Like, you know, you're Terry Francona. Somebody's going to hire you away. Um, but uh, I'll have memories my entire life of, uh, of that season. So uh, I've heard you describe yourself as a point guard uh, in the broadcast booth. And obviously yeah. you're part of three-person booths. But, you know, so, so, so how do you set up? Were you... Were you more of a of a Rajon Rondo who doesn't shoot his shots with certain people? It's a lot of we we had Derrick Rose in Chicago, so sometimes the point guard right. scores a lot a, a, as right. well. Like, do you adjust your point guard skills depending on who the analyst is? I do. I tend to think of myself as more of a pass first point guard. And one of my producers at ESPN many many years ago, Tom Archer said to me, he, I guess I had made the analogy or he and I were, were having the conversation. So I'll explain the analogy first and then I'll get into the specifics. The analogy that I, the, the reason I use that analogy is, you know, the point guard generally starts to play with the ball, but it's his job to move the ball around and get somebody a good shot. So, you know, each little chunk of time, generally I'm the one who gets us going, but I could be throwing to the analyst or the other analyst or the reporter or the studio 
or they're putting up a replay or a graphic or a video element. And it's my job to move the ball around and, and keep everything flowing. So I remember when Tom Archer said to me, he said, you're not really Allen Iverson. You're more Steve Nash. And um, as a don't make it all about myself kind of guy. And as a Canadian, like Steve Nash, I really liked that an analogy. I enjoyed it. So, you know, when he said to me, you're like a, a Steve Nash type of play-by-play guy, that that felt pretty good. And, and obviously, I've remembered it all these years later. So, but yes, you do have to adjust. Um, you know, working with uh, Dick Vitale is different than working with anybody else. Um, and it, if I try to do the same things with Jay Billis, I do with Dick Vitale or vice versa, it's not going to work. And, and even in baseball, I mean, I've worked with so many wonderful people over the years. I always felt it was my job to adjust to their style and to their strengths and weaknesses. Um, now, sure. over time, for, for instance, like Buck Martinez, who I work with in Toronto, and that's who I broke in with. And I worked with him for six years at the beginning of my career. And now we're working uh, together again, like 15, 20 years later. Uh, I mean, he and I could complete each other's sentences and thoughts without breaking a sweat. It would be the easiest thing in the world. So that takes no effort because uh, I know him inside out and he knows me inside out. Um, but when you do have different people all the time, you do have to make adjustments. And uh, I'm sure the analyst, you know, tries to adjust to me a little bit. They get to know my cadence or my pauses or things like that. And I will admit to once in a blue moon, we call it giving them the Heisman, you know, putting up my hand just for a second and saying, just give me two more seconds here. I got one more thing. Or it could even be let the let the natural sound play out here. Let the crowd go. Don't jump in yet. Like I'm big on a big home run in a home ballpark. You know, let the guy round the bases, high five his teammates at the plate. There's lots of time. Uh, I, I think, you know, seeing the great pictures our director puts up and and listening to the crowd go crazy, that's good television. That, that gets the hair on the back of your neck standing up. So, again, back to the point guard thing, you know, sometimes you shoot, sometimes you pass. You, it's kind of a, a, a possession by possession thing. So I'm thinking there's a great moment in uh... – the HBO series about the Lakers that has Chick Hearn holding up the hand to Pat Riley. Pat, you know, you know, when you see my fist like this, you yeah. know, like so every, every once in a while, um, do you find yourself uh, analyzing a little more or using some of the knowledge that you've gotten through the years or, or do you still try to um, be the, what happened and let Buck be the, why it happened? I think I analyze more in baseball than I do in basketball. First of all, there's more time in baseball. And I, I mean, I'm, I like to feel I'm extremely comfortable in both sports, but I think I've got a, a, a touch more of a handle on, on baseball than I do on basketball. Um, especially when you, since I'm no longer with the ESPN and now I'm doing the Blue Jays and I see them every day, you know, I know their mannerisms and tendencies and strengths and weaknesses inside out. And a little thing, like if Whit Merrifield is going to decoy a runner who, who's coming into second base to make him think there's a throw coming so he should slide when in reality the ball was popped up and he's just trying to get him to slide so he can double him off, things like that. If a guy takes a swing that's a little bit out of the ordinary, I can tell most of the time because I know what that guy's swing looks like. So I will analyze a little bit, but even if I do, it's with the intent – of then getting it back to the analyst and having him confirm or expand upon or deny or, or something like that. I, I, I'm not out there. I'm never out there trying to be a one man broadcast, but 
you know, every now and again, I might see something that that the analyst, even though they're much more experienced or former players or whatever, um, if I feel confident in it, I, I will jump in there a little bit. But it's all in the spirit of just, you know, getting a good conversation going. 